Coming to you from the front lines of America's fight for freedom, it's Matt and Brett Doster with America in View. What this world needs is a few more red dead. So people ain't afraid to take a stand. What this world needs is a little more respect for the Lord and the law and the working man. We could use a little peace and satisfaction. Some good people up front take the lead. A little less talk and a little more action. And a few more rednecks is what we need. Welcome back to another edition of America in View, where we are making your Christmas wishes come true, trying to wake your woke relatives with truth, the Constitution, and a little redneck common sense. Matt, great to be back today. It is uh, fun to see the end of uh, this year kind of come to a conclusion in advance of the Iowa caucuses and all of the uh, political drama, which will occur next spring, seeing the uh, now scrambling White House dealing with uh, discussions about impeachment proceedings this week. Yeah, things are winding down, but they're also kind of winding up. And we are yet again using, you know, in an, in an um, moment where impeachment is a topic. And this week has been interesting. Um, the House voted on partisan lines to open uh, the impeachment uh, proceedings. And, and if you, if you uh, listen to the House leadership, it, this is going to help them just have a little bit more teeth in the investigation that the Oversight Committee was already doing. It is, a, you know, it's becoming a circus already. You've got Hunter Biden defying some of the summons that he's gotten, but he's going up on Capitol Hill and he's making a speech about how Joe Biden had nothing to do with his businesses. Some pretty predictable stuff, but uh, definitely taking this in, in a direction that it hasn't gone before. And so, you know, Trump had impeachment on him twice. Now you have Biden. It feels like we're in this era of escalation where there's constant uh, accusations of wrongdoing going back and forth. Having said that, I think one of the big issues here is that the middle, the mainstream media, um, the the institutions that might have been much more horrified by the sorts of news that's come out about Hunter Biden over the last few years has been largely inactive. Mm-hmm. So now you have almost like the Republicans' hand is forced where they have to take some sort of official action to bring some light on this whether or not it gets to an actual impeachment trial is yet to be seen. Uh, basically, what they're saying right now is this is a necessary step to to really do the investigation right. Yeah, you know, it's hard. It's really difficult to, to uh, think about the political implications of this. I think the Republicans may be walking a fine line here. And I'm hearing from some of my friends on Capitol Hill, which shall remain nameless for the moment, Matt, that there's a lot of pressure inside the Republican delegation to do something to make it uh, appear that we are fighting back against the Biden and White House machine. But let's face it, um, what would America be like without Joe Biden there if an impeachment were successful? I think a lot of people are sitting there scratching their heads saying, yeah, this I can see why you might want to put some blood in the water, but do you really want Joe Biden to go away and get stuck with Kamala Harris as we get into the re-election? Yeah, that's a huge question. And I think um, from a political standpoint, that's exactly right. Is Biden 
any better off going through impeachment uh, or or even the inquiry that's that's going on. I think he's weak enough as it is, right? So if you're oh, just yeah. looking at it through the political lens, how necessary is this step? I think a big piece of it is just this general ongoing sense of selective enforcement of the law and what you have going on with Trump and his legal proceedings, you know, four different situations um, that most people see as at least somewhat politically motivated, if not 100% politically motivated. And so it's kind of like, well, hey, if we're going to be in this world in which we just start accusing everyone of wrongdoing or, or trying to get some kind of criminal charges, let's take a look at what any reasonable person would say just stinks to high heaven. The the uh, ultimate question is how complicit or involved was Joe Biden himself in any of this stuff that went on with Hunter Biden and you know, I mean, you just go through the list of the ingredients, uh, shell companies set up, you know, massive wire transfers from foreign governments, um, email addresses with aliases being used by Joe Biden himself, yep. Hunter Biden being included in the communications from the official vice president's office. I mean, it just stinks to high heaven. Maybe there's not the smoking gun that, that shows that Biden himself was part of it, but, you know, any other... Any other set of characters would be under heavy investigation at this point. If the shoe were on the other foot, and this were uh, Jared Kushner, who had uh, had some of these payments that were then uh, perceived to be pass-throughs to Trump from his first term in 2016 to 2020, I think they would have already impeached. Uh, Some of this is indefensible. I think it does not pass the smell test. Even Democrats are doing what they can to sort of flee and elude the um, uh, discussions with the press about some of the questions around Joe Biden's finances. There's really just nothing defensible here. Uh, However, with that being said, I wonder if in all the noise about this stuff related to Trump and election tinkering and and, uh, so-called election manipulation, if now with a uh, counterbalance, a countersurge of legal action against the president and against his family, if people don't just kind of throw up their hands and say, well, I don't know who to believe anyway. That, I think that's the risk, and I think that's kind of what you were alluding to in the beginning, is is this an overplaying or or almost like the martyr effect that um, Trump seems to have benefited from when he started getting his indictments, which is just, you know, like, look, this is ridiculous. We, we're going to now um, – have even stronger support for Trump because of of these things, and and will that kind of thing almost play out with Biden? I was thinking back to some of the other impeachment or presidential scandals that you and I have been aware of in our lifetime. Nixon, of course, seems like that's the thing that started everything with Watergate. You had that, that was a legit, by the way. You can't be sending teams of uh, your operatives out to break into buildings and steal things. Yeah, and and you've got. Um, Reagan with Iran Contra that never never uh, involved impeachment, but it was uh, there were big hearings from from Congress, and they tried you, they you, tried to impeach Reagan. You had Clinton with um, Monica Lewinsky and and that whole mess, and then even Trump with two impeachments. You know, one with the Ukraine funding, and then um, the sort of retroactive impeachment um, after after January sixth. But the thing that I think is worth noting is those were all kind of, like Nixon. It was a political, basically using criminal activity to advance political interests. 
Clinton was lying about his personal life. Um, you know, Reagan was trying to help, or at least that team was trying to help freedom fighters in Central America. Biden, the Biden thing is different because it's personal corruption. Right. In these other situations, it was like misusing um, the power of government for some some kind, or, or breaking laws for some kind of what I think most people would call an understandable objective to like gain an advantage politically or or something along those lines. But this is one step beyond that where it is a personal enrichment kind of corruption charge. And so I think from that standpoint, you do have to think of it or look at it in a different light. Well, you and I look at these polls all the time. And what I will tell you uh, from the last couple of cycles is that the corruption angle plays across the board. It plays with NPAs or independents. With Democrats and Republicans, they all equally hate it. And they all equally think that career politicians and the establishment is on the take. And so as we get into the presidential reelection mode, I think that uh, certainly this is going to have some, some impact on Biden. Now, I want to go back to something you said earlier which is that the persecution of Trump actually has hardened his numbers with the Republican base. And I think the Democrats were thinking somehow it was going to dislodge him from some of his support. Uh, I wonder now if Republicans are equally going after Joe Biden, if it will harden him. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion recently about people like Gavin Newsom taking over as the nominee, but a persecution of the top of the ticket on the Democrat side may actually help Joe Biden. Yep. Yeah, that's – and. There's always this argument, you know, should you ignore the politics and just do something because it's right or wrong, which always sounds good. But well, so the, the really uh, reality is there's always a political consideration. Right. But speaking of the politics, okay, here's what I go back to. Yes, the corruption angle plays, but being a uh, – you and I both being in the political business, uh, we see that the Democrats have a number of vulnerabilities. Uh, they look completely irrational on things like this uh, transgenderism for minors. They look irrational on uh, the tax and indebtedness policy, on extreme environmental policy, which is train wrecking the economy right now. Uh, there's these things out there that Republicans have to run on. I'm not sure they need a corruption angle, and I'm not sure that they need to pursue this course. But I think we'll have a good opportunity in the next segment to talk about some of these other issues with Representative Ryan Chamberlain, because he's got an interesting piece of legislation, Matt, in uh, this year that will highlight one of those irrational platforms yeah, of the left. getting a lot of national attention. Big time. Stick with us. We're going to be back with Representative Ryan Chamberlain in the next segment. Never fear. Matt and Brett are here. Or at least they will be. America in View will be right back. From the front lines of the fight against socialism, it's America in View. All right, welcome back. Matt and Brett Doster here, American View, going into segment two. Now, Matt, we just finished up talking in the in the first segment about the national environment and what the Bidens may be facing with impeachment procedures, uh, you know, talking basically about whether that has any implications for the upcoming election cycle. But uh, as you and I were discussing, I'm not quite so sure that the Republicans need a so-called corruption scandal to defeat Joe Biden. Yeah, there's there's plenty to work with already. Some of the issues we've been talking about uh, as it relates to that, Matt, is number one, the national debt, which is you know crushing us with inflationary pressure. Uh, I did see that the Fed decided yesterday they're going to hold off on any more interest rate increases, which I think, you know, this is just my conspiratorial side speaking here, but 
I think there has to be some political implications related to that because the Democrats do not want higher interest rates going into 2024. 12 months out from an election. Exactly. Exactly. So we're going to heat the economy up again so that, you know, we can basically bust the economy going into 2025. But anyway, you've got the national debt, you've got inflationary pressure. Uh, We have a, um, what appears to be an international crisis of weakness in leadership by the United States with both Ukraine and support for Israel, either at risk or, let's just say, um, chaotic in terms of the policies coming out of the White House. And then we have all the radical woke stuff that the Democrats are continuing to try to force down America's throat. Radical transgenderism. We uh, obviously have seen uh, what I would call critical race theory not going away. Continuing to see uh, racial politics uh, at play, envy politics at play. I think that uh, as specifically as it relates to Israel, this rash of violence and antagonism inside the Democrat base uh, that is pro-Palestinian and antagonistic to Israel is now creating problems in the uh, voting block of the Jewish American community. So you've got all these things that are going on that Republicans can take advantage of. And, uh, you know, I just wonder if uh, we shouldn't just kind of go easy on impeachment and let these things play out through at least the first quarter of next year. You're exactly right. And, I, you know, I don't know that we know the exact right answer to that. Uh, Maybe this impeachment thing is truly an inquiry or investigation that eventually House leadership decides to let drop. Uh, I don't know. Um, Like I said before, I think there's this sense of escalation on on uh, the charges of wrongdoing both left and right and so we're we're seeing that play out so one of the things that continues to befuddle me is in the last presidential debate that uh, you and i were at in tuscaloosa we saw chris christie go up and pour white phosphorus on himself when he essentially told the republican base that he favored transgender surgeries for minors this is so out of so out of character for anyone who would be running for uh, a Republican nomination. And so at this point right now, you have to wonder if, if he's really in a position where he can survive. But in that same vein of thinking, one of the challenges I think that Republicans are having across the America is this divide uh, between those who seem to be so completely out of touch with reality and those people who are actually in a position of uh, advancing common sense. One of the great um, leaders of the Republican common sense movement in Florida, who uh, we're about to have on the line here in a few minutes, Representative Ryan Chamberlain, has advanced a a bill this year, which some critics are saying is a part two to the don't say gay debate. I don't really think it's that. But what's interesting is to see all the reactions from the loony left to any kind of um, effort to bring some sense of rationality to how we're dealing with this uh, issue of transgenderism in the workplace, pronoun use in the workplace, and in our schools, and protecting people who are completely uh, vulnerable now to uh, what I would call the woke bullies. Yeah, it's the leading front of the culture war right now in our society the last year or two, maybe a little bit longer than that. And I mean... Truth, common sense, 
the sky is blue, any sort of axiomatic understanding of reality is at stake um, as we as we have this battle over what is a man, what is a woman, what are the rules that we have to follow both in the workplace and in the public uh, sector as far as you know what you can compel people to do. That's what Representative Chamberlain has been working on is is um, some legal protections uh, to to put in a Florida statute. And so yeah, it's 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 ground zero. Well, I think that we would be smart uh, to go ahead and hear from, directly from the representative himself. Uh, and I believe that we have him on the phone now. Representative Chamberlain, are you there? I am. Thanks for having me on. Man, thank you so much for joining us today. You are like the new celebrity du jour in the Florida legislature with this bill that you filed. Tell us a little bit about what it does. Well, well, first of all, Brett, uh, I'm not out there looking for celebrity status by any means. Um you know, I'm looking for common sense. You, you mentioned a word earlier here just a minute ago, you know, the country's divided. And what I'm witnessing is, is that divide is not equal. Uh, it's not a 50-50 divide. It's not like 50% of the country is for some of this radical nonsense. It's, it's a much higher percentage of the country, a much higher percentage of Florida is for common sense than what the news would want to circulate because they're trying to help boost that 10% or whatever that number is, that lower number. They're trying to keep climbing that number. And to a degree, they are climbing the number. However, this bill, HB 599, is really about common sense. I, I think it sets forth and puts in motion what most people already know. Uh, I mean, let's face it, uh, even, even the left would probably admit to this if cornered, that gender is assigned at birth. You know, you're, you're, you're born a man or a woman, and whatever you want to call yourself after that, I guess, is your prerogative, but it doesn't change that fact. And let's take it a little step further. Like you said, this the bill does protect. It begins that protection process for uh, between the employer-employee relationship. And what it's intended to do is simply stop the forcing of agenda training, pronoun agenda training, uh, gender identity agenda training, or woke ideology training, the forcing of that. Not that some these companies can't offer it, but specifically the bill locks in on taxpayer-funded organizations, government, jobs, and or uh, businesses, both profit and nonprofit, that receive funding from the taxpayers. And the reason it's, it's identified that way is we believe the taxpayers should have a say-so in what, where, where their funding goes, that they really don't want to fund organizations that are firing people for not taking uh, identity, gender, gender identity courses or how to speak to people in, in pronoun language courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're, we're just drawing a line. And anyway, I'll kick it back to you for, for any, any Q&A on this, but Certainly, we can we can keep deep diving here. There's there's lots of things to talk about. I've had visits with with certainly both sides this past week uh, on a regular basis. I've been visiting my office trying to uncover what this bill is about. And in its simplicity, it's just common sense. Representative Chamberlain, um, you said that you're not looking for celebrity status, and I believe you. However, we have to admit you've gotten some press from Rolling Stone and other outlets. Um, is there one that you're most proud of? They say, you know, you know, if you're doing something right based on who's criticizing you. Well, (laughs) 
I haven't thought through from the most proud of standpoint, but here's what I will tell you. What's interesting to me is how much press you get from people that haven't read the bill. <laughs> that That's usually about a hundred percent of the people. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, if we wanted to accomplish uh, one, one of the things we wanted to accomplish certainly was to create not only some boundaries here, but if we want to create this conversation that, that we can hopefully, hopefully settle some things for the state of Florida and maybe be an example to the rest of the country, we are starting to accomplish that because the conversation is definitely happening. So, you know, when, when the press, which most of the press uh, that's out on me right now is trying to tear apart or most of us trying to attack the bill and make it sound like something that it's not, um, you know, what that does is it gives an opportunity for us to even articulate why this makes more sense. You know, every argument they're giving, they can't really back up with anything of substance. So it, it really legitimizes our bill uh, the more they, they write press on it. Yeah, I so Ryan, or Representative Chamberlain, excuse me, we're going to hold you over uh, to the next segment because I want to sort of dig down a little bit more into what this bill does. But as we end this segment, uh, I think a lot of our audience interact with us and they say, look, things do seem to be so irrational right now. I mean, you could have an NFL career linebacker, you know, walk into his office, you know, one day. Everybody's known this guy as Mr. So-and-so for the last 30 years. And he just announces one day, yeah, now you're going to start calling me this and you got to use this protein or else I, or pronoun or I'm going to sue you. It seems ridiculous. It seems out of character for common sense. So let, let's just uh, let's hold you on the line. I want to continue to talk about that and talk about what this workplace protection bill actually does. Stick with us for segment three. Don't go anywhere. America in View will be right back. Counseling the woke back to freedom and rational thought. It's Matt and Brett Doster with America in View. Okay, we're back with Representative Ryan Chamberlain, uh, representative in the Florida legislature, and we're talking about legislation that provides workforce protections all around the insanity that is transgenderism and, and everything that's going on with pronouns and, and just the world that we live in these days. Representative Chamberlain, I wanted to talk to you about some of the specifics or ask you a question about some of the specifics. In your legislation, you have to define or you you do define some very basic things, talking about the sex of a person being based on essentially the body that they have. Um, these are things that I think in a previous time, I mean, even just going back a few years, would have been considered um, unnecessary to even get into that, certainly not in the Florida statutes. But what's your take on that, just this world that we live in in which we want to undefine or redefine basically everything it reminds me of bill clinton asking the definition of is you know what <laughs> where are we going as a society that you have to put this into law well it you know it's somewhat and thank you for the question but, but it's somewhat of an embarrassing moment in time i don't view what we're doing as redefining i really view it as just go ahead and and clarifying for today's and future generations where we stand and unfortunately, anytime you stand for something that uh, seems to make sense, seems to have, you know, origins from from the beginning of time, you know, you're coined as a radical, and that doesn't make sense. So I think the fact that we are 
we're actually just stating here's here's the belief that that we all know to be true. We're going to go ahead and put it in writing. It's a shame we have to, but but we've got to start somewhere, and let's start here. And then now every decision we make on this topic can be based from a solid principle. Yeah, absolutely, and I I, I think we all applaud you for that very thing. We're we're putting into words what previously was not required to be, but we just live in that moment where it has to be. Um, so can you get us into just the specifics? Uh, basically, the, the bill is going to provide some protections for employees. Well, that's right. I mean, uh, in this moment in time, over the past, let's say, 12 to 24 months, there are people beginning to get reprimanded, fired, um, you know, exited from their jobs or forced to exit their jobs because they won't comply with trainings that they simply don't believe in. And I think, you know, certainly this bill is designed to help stop that, especially uh, specifically with taxpayer-funded businesses, both profit and nonprofit. And so let me simplify it this way. Uh, currently, uh, the trend would be if, if someone walks in, you know, is an employee, walks into your, your business, and you're a fellow employee, and this person, you know, is a manly person with a beard, and you, you refer to them as sir, and they decide they want to get offended because they wanted to be referred to in a female pronoun, you know, the person that referred to the, the dude in the beard as sir can get in trouble, potentially even fired for, for saying those things. And this is real. This is beginning to happen. Uh, I sat down with some groups the other day. They said, well, well, Rep. Chamberlain, this is really not a big problem in Florida. And I said, you know, it's not a massive problem, but it, why do we need to wait for it to be a massive problem to deal with it? Let's just go ahead and fix it before it gets any kind of momentum. We don't need to let things like this get momentum. And that, I believe, is the, that I know is the intent and the nature of this bill uh, the day it was filed. Well, you have seen, Representative, uh, with YouTube videos in other states around the country where uh, customers have walked into stores, particularly retail stores, and uh, perhaps a young man or young lady, a clerk, is trying to be polite, refers to them one way, and then the person uses it as an opportunity to make a statement and, oh, by the way, just happens to either videotape themselves or have someone else videotape them while they go nuts in that retail establishment. I think it's very smart to get ahead of this. I think you're being very wise by saying we're not going to put up with this garbage here in the state of Florida. Um, but I want to go back to the worker protections idea because the thing that's interesting to me, and I'm interested in your perspective on this, is that many of the groups who are being most antagonistic to your bill currently proclaim that they are for protections at even the most micro level in the workplace. But then when you want to establish a protection for a worker who may have a moral or spiritual uh, or religious objection to uh, a seminar or a teaching or conduct which is so blatantly false uh, on the face of it, uh, you know, they, they don't want to protect them from being fired. They don't want to protect their rights or protect their uh, religious objection. And I just wonder if those are the kinds of discussions you're beginning to have with some of these groups at this point, pointing out their hypocrisy. Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, it is a complete hypocrisy. If any of these organizations that are complaining about this bill uh, if for one second we think they wouldn't be irate if if an organization was forcing 
a, a biblical gender training on their employees or they get fired. I mean, they would be up in arms, and it, there would be marching and, and battles. And to address something, so there is a lot of hypocrisy, but, Brett, to address something specifically you, you mentioned, you mentioned the word spiritual. And I actually want to, you know, throw this out there and, and talk about this outside of the spiritual context, because they, they do throw that around as if this is a bill, you know, specifically uh, based in this spiritual tone and so if we take the word spiritual out of it and just talk about the word truth, you know, for, for any organization, especially a taxpayer-funded organization, to force their employees to knowingly call somebody by a pronoun that that employee does not believe to be true, like, hey, I know this person's a man, but my employer is forcing me to call him a woman, that employer is now forcing his employee to lie against something they believe in. Mm -hmm. I, for one, don't want to be forced to lie. This has nothing to do with spirituality. What if I just don't want to be a liar? This bill will help protect that principle. Yeah, I think that, look, Ryan, I think now you're talking uh, at the extreme level of common sense, and the left just can't handle that. I I do think it's just, you know, right now, uh, as I understand it, there are many nonprofits out there that require this kind of training. And if a, if a worker just says, hey, I don't want to participate and uh, you know, I don't want to engage, you're essentially just protecting their employment, uh, you know, longevity of that organization. Now, as I understand it also, just to clarify, this doesn't affect private companies. This, Well, technically it doesn't affect private companies, but it largely is going to affect nonprofits that are receiving a uh, huge stake of funding uh, from the taxpayers in the state budget or in county and lo- local governments, correct? That's correct. In, in reality, Brett, this bill's probably not, you know, it, it's going to stop on a go-forward basis the escalation of this, but most of these nonprofits that are uh, ran by this sort of belief system are already attracting people that believe this way. So just, you know, they can offer the course, and most of their employees are probably going to just go along with it because they believe this certain way, it's probably not going to affect them the way they're making it up to be, you know, as if it's destroying what they're trying to do. What it does is it stops them from taking what they're trying to do to another level of forcing ideology on not only uh, uh, this generation, but future generations and the momentum that they seem to be gaining with this illogical, you know, nonsense. And well, well I, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, I think it's also interesting, and sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but, but I think it's interesting that they're using your bill, which is a fairly reasonable, uh, what I would call common sense protection in the workplace, but they're using your bill to somehow say, yep, there they go again. There's Florida being, you know, crazy, uh, hating uh, gays, you know, hating those people who don't uh, conform to a traditional uh, what I'll call nuclear family lifestyle. But the reality is, is that they're the ones who are making that uh, assertion. This isn't you, and this is not the bill that you're actually putting forth. Listen, there's no real hate baked into this bill. What there is, is there's uh, common sense that helps stop anybody from crossing the line. It just so happens they're they're crossing the line. So we need to put boundaries in place, unfortunately, to help people not cross the line from forcing a potentially forcing a uh, ideology on a higher, a much higher percentage of people that don't believe that way. Listen, it's all part of the big picture agenda. 
they're frustrated because it is they I think in their in their so because some of these people are, are, are smart people by the way Brett I met with some of them they they have a certain you know um, intelligence about them and I think this really frustrates them when somebody brings a bill that makes sense. Well, Representative Chamberlain, I want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, I want to give you the uh, Hero of the Year Award as we get into the end of 2023 for going ahead and taking this to the next level and protecting the free state of Florida. Thank you for joining us. And if you will, as this progresses, maybe in the next legislative session, we'll have you back on. You got it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Ryan. All right. Well, stay yeah, stay tuned with us for the next segment. Uh, that was a great hearing from Representative Ryan Chamberlain on his workplace protection against the... Uh, let's just call it nonsense of the woke, keeping the free state of Florida free. Stick with us for the last segment where we will unwind some of this for 2024. They're 10 pounds of common sense in a five-pound bag. Matt and Brett will be right back. Freeing the woke from their liberal chains, it's Matt and Brett Doster with America in View. Okay, folks, we're back. Uh, great conversation with Representative Ryan Chamberlain uh, from the Florida House. And anytime we talk about legislation like that, uh, we always talk about whether or not people read the bill. Um, it's always a good idea if you have an opinion about this stuff to check it out for yourself. And so we want to share that with our listeners. House Bill 599 is the one that we were talking about. You can find that uh, at myfloridahouse.gov. And we are posting it to our Facebook page as well, so you can always find it on America in View at our Facebook page. Brett, it was a good conversation, and it really just illustrates everything that's going on in this culture war, uh, which is being fought out in the private sector, in these nonprofits, and our uh, with our political leaders just across the board. Yeah, I agree, Matt. And I, you know, look, last session and in the session before that, Whenever you had some discussions around the, again, I'm going to call it the the name that, that basically all of the liberal world called it, but the don't say gay bill. And then the follow-up bill from last session, which was run by uh, Representative Stan McClain in the state of Florida, that uh, liberals called the don't say period bill. You know, they keep coming up with these these uh, names to somehow say we're, you know, we're anti this, we're anti that, or we're hating this person or hating that person. But the reason why these pieces of legislation are coming into uh, existence is because the left keeps using this really radical uh, terminology, and they're using really radical tactics to try to force uh, an agenda that, that people can just look at the face of it and say, look, you're crazy. I want to protect my kids. I don't think three-year-olds and you know five-year-olds need to be discussing what it is to be this sexuality or that sexuality or participate in this activity or, or whatever. And we need to protect our minors, protect our kids and focus on reading, writing and arithmetic. And then the left goes off the chain and essentially says, this is all about persecution and this is all about uh, age old tactics. And they accuse us of taking people out to the Salem witch trials. I don't think this has been a good move for the left politically. And I think it's a big reason why they're losing ground especially in some of the key swing states of the Midwest. Representative Chamberlain said something interesting, which is that this is not a 50-50 battle, and essentially that the left, by controlling many of our institutions and the media, succeeds in making the, the radical agenda um, 
appear to have a lot more currency with the public at large. And it's hard to read the tea leaves on this, but I think you and I both have had uh, just conversations, anecdotal um, reports from what you would call people in the middle or people on the left, uh, from reporters, from other people who would agree that it's gotten out of hand, even people that have sympathy with transgenderism, uh, that it's not as widespread as what people are trying to make it out to be, that it's ridiculous how many how many kids in K through 12 and in, um, in the college system are reporting or self-identifying as some kind of weird hybrid sexuality, but they're afraid to speak out. There, there's a real fear of reprisal. There's a fear of um, being marginalized, losing your job, not being able to advance. And so I think that's the piece that these, um, that this legislative pushback can help is because it does provide legitimacy for, unfortunately, what shouldn't have to, re- to be required with a, with a law. But you can just sort of point to these uh, moves by the pushback and say, look, we're not going to go along with this. And hopefully that builds some critical mass where people aren't as afraid as they have been in the last few years to speak out. Anytime you're combining tactics of fear with disinformation or wrong information, the proliferation of that, that's no longer pushing for truth. That's an an issue of pushing for propaganda. What the left is doing is they're propagandizing their agenda. And, uh, you know, I want to talk about a word that we use sometimes here. We talk about truth, the Constitution, and a little redneck common sense. I think that the way the left tries to portray this sometimes is, oh, my goodness, you know, if you, if you aren't sensitive to the transgender ideology or to the transgender plight, let's call it a plight out there, that you're just a redneck from the backwoods, you know, you're an idiot, you're not sensitive, you, you can't keep up with the modern trend lines. Um, but on the flip side of that, everything that they're advancing, everything that they're saying from the left doesn't conform to truth. And the truth is, is that you can have as many surgeries as you want to have. You can't change your DNA. It is a scientific fact that your gender, or let's just call it your sex, it really is your sex, not your gender. Gender is a, a newfangled, a woke word. But your sex is immutable. Uh, you were born male or you're born female. Uh, it's in your DNA code. I know the left tries to use... Uh, examples of you know some of these uh, cases of androgyny that are legitimate, but they're a very tiny percentage. I mean, these these are basically what I would call mutation actions, um, but they're very tiny percentages in the in the biological world to legitimize all this other craziness. But your sex is immutable, and for scientists and for medical professionals to be telling our kids in elementary schools that that is not the case, that it is changeable, and to participate in this insanity and encourage them to participate by maiming their bodies is reprehensible to the nth degree. And it's part of the agenda, right? I mean, there is a there is a segment of humanity that full-scale embraces the overturning of truth. Um, I would argue, actually, that all humans suffer from this to a certain extent, but uh, certainly some have embraced it more than others. You sound very accusational toward me right now. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's the common plight of humanity that we, we enjoy remaking reality to our, for our own benefit. And there is a move obviously um, throughout this country to do that, to 
to redefine these terms and to use use uh, phrases and words that are just on their face. It means the opposite of what reality is, right? But there's That's a delight right. that takes place in in using it that way. I mean, the very phrase "gender affirming," yeah, right. it's like it's the opposite of affirming. It's it's distorting. But these are the terminologies that come up with, and and uh, the people that use them take delight in them. And they take delight in compelling other people to have to go along with it, which is right at the core of, of this pushback of saying, well, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna put these protections in the workplace on other issues, then you're gonna have to do the same thing for people who just want to speak the truth on gender. Well, let's bring this back around to politics, because that's what you and I are focused on. The reality is, is I think where most Americans are, and for better or for worse, is that, and even conservatives, I think, would agree with this by and large. Is that if you're an adult, if you're 18 years old plus, if you're 21, if you're, you know, uh, making your own money and you're making your own irrational decisions, if you want to go see a doctor and I would, I would be against it. I would counsel someone against it. And by the way, I don't have any respect for doctors who participate in this type of activity. I think that they're doing a huge disservice for their patients, but if they go off and do this, uh, it's kind of on their, their own, right? Like, Like that is, that's their decision. With that being said, you can't force anyone else to participate in that decision. You can't force anyone to participate in that irrationality. And teachers, medical professionals, counselors, psychologists, psychiatrists, or any other politician should not be imposing, indoctrinating, or um, demanding that minors who are still living under their parents' authority uh, participate in all of this insanity. And uh, this is where I think Democrats have lost great ground. And that's why at the end of the day, I'm not sure between the disastrous economic policies plus these kinds of radical left-wing tactics that the Republicans need a Joe Biden impeachment to win next November. But it certainly is going to be interesting to see uh, what happens as the left continues to push these things. It certainly is. And it, it, it uh, helps draw the lines when you see, okay, do I want to be on the side that has a completely distorted view of truth and reality, or do I want to be on the side that, um, that to use our tagline, uh, uh, goes with common sense? And I think that's where, um, that's where I certainly want to be. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, in Virginia, uh, Glenn Youngkin won several years ago uh, his governorship there by taking on the Democrats' uh, agenda and their desire to uh, say that schools and psychiatrists and teachers should have more control over a parent's education than their own uh, – or the, over a child's education than their own parents. There was a great parents' movement that erupted after that. It is a right-leaning parents' movement that wants to make sure that parental rights are secured. All of these groups that are fighting Chamberlain's bill, both here and in other similar bills around the country, are from the extreme left. And what's been interesting is that Joe Biden has surrounded himself in his White House with a cadre of staffers who support that extreme left-wing radical ideology. So as we leave you today, just understand this. The right is on the side of truth, and the left is opposed to it. Make sure you vote Republican in 2024. Thank you for another great segment. We look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for listening to America in View. For more information, go to AmericaInView.com. Making their way, the only way they know how. 
Let's just 